Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org slash Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert. I'm I'm sitting in the second row with my cousins and stuff to watch the Bodines, and when they come out, it's Kenny Arnoff on the drums. And I'm like, that's Kenny Arnoff. And I'm like standing there <laughs> staring at Kenny on the drums because that's John Mellencamp's drummer. Yeah. And uh <laughs> the Bodines, they were great. It was it was an awesome concert or whatever. But I, I remember pointing at, at Kenny and he pointed at me with the <laughs> stick. And years later, uh I got to hire Kenny for one of my albums. Oh my! To play on, yeah, incredible, incredible. I got, I mean, just I got to pick him up at the hotel every morning and drive him to the studio, and I got to drive him back, you know. And we just would talk, and it was just like incredible for me to to sit and talk to this guy. I just know so many people, played with so many people, you know. And uh, he played on on my album. And I told him that story about First Ave, and he goes, "I think I remember that." I go, "No, you don't." <laughs> I said, there's no way you remember that. Uh, come on, you know. Welcome back, everybody. Davide, our producer, along here with Dave. Great to have you with, and uh, really thrilled to have GB Layton joining us today. We're going to talk with Brian about a number of things, and he's got a great career, a lot more ahead, I know that. But that's coming up in just a minute here on My First Concert. Great to have you with. It's all brought to you, of course, by our friends over at UCARE, by AquariusHomeServices.com. We're in the AquariusHomeServices.com studio. Also by everybody at PropaneMN.com. That's an interesting website. I want you to look at that. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. And by our bank here at talknorth.com. That's Star Bank. Brian Layton, really great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Man, we're doing this in a music studio here at Creation Sound in uh, South Minneapolis where a lot of great things have happened. And you're no stranger to studios. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. But the show title is My First Concert. So before you were GB Layton, before you're performing through the Midwest and and still have such a loyal following, what was the first concert? Or among the first ones that you attended? Okay, well, the first one, I think, was uh, 1983, uh, Jay Giles Band. Oh, my. Centerfold was, like, the big hit. Yeah. And uh, so I went and saw Jay Giles Band at the St. Paul Civic Center. Remember who you went with? I went with my neighbor, Tim, who ended up working for me for a lot of years, and my brother. Uh, The three of us went and got dropped off. Yeah, you know, folks or folks or parents, somebody dropped you yeah, off. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, didn't worry um, about it. But you know, never, never had that uh, seen that the smoke fill after the, the opening band. You know, and the lights come on, and all of a sudden this place is just smoky. <laughs> like, oh my god, you know. And yeah, smelling the stuff for the first time. First you know? time, yeah. yeah. So, but 
you know, as a as a child, uh, you know, growing up in the seventies, and your dad being from Northeast and Polish, and you know, my first concerts were kind of a lot of polka bands, you know, <laughs> for weddings and stuff when I was sure. a kid. But it's just it wasn't like it is today, where I, you know, for me anyway, or for my parents, they yeah. didn't go and see you know bands or anything really, other than if there was a street dance or something. You know, I did see uh, Lawrence. Uh, no, yeah. Was it Lawrence Welk? I think it was, I think it was Lawrence Welk. Oh, that must have been heaven for your folk or for your folks. Yeah, man. yeah. Up, he was up in uh, in Crosby, Ironton for the Fourth of July. Uh, yeah, it was, it was years ago, years in the seventies. So yeah, no smoke coming out of that on that stage. <laughs> no, that <we laughs> no. no. Um, so when you saw Jay Giles, yeah, Brian, was that the impetus? He said, "Oh man, I got to do this someday." Uh no, I I knew. When I was 10, uh, I heard my, I was over at my cousin's house. I've told this story a tons, tons of times, but I was over at my cousin's house and he, he had the big headphones on, you know, and he was in front of the radio, the stereo system all day waiting to push play and record (laughs) for Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is coming to town, which I didn't realize he was trying to record at the time, but it was only a bootleg then. So the radio station would play it ever so often and he was trying to record it. (laughs) Well, he had to bring us home. He had to drive us home. And on the way home, I can remember where it was. It was on uh, 169 and uh, going on to 694 East. It was right there when it came on the radio. And he said, oh, crap, man, this is what I wanted to record. (laughs) And he cranked it. And, I, you know, it was, oh, wind's whipping down the street, (laughs) down the boardwalk. Hey, band, you know. And I just all that. It was like this live thing of a song that I knew. You know, when I was 10, like somebody's singing Santa Claus is coming to town in this way. Like <laughs> this was a new thing to me, you know. And so that was kind of the start of me getting into music. And then another cousin said, uh, when I started picking up the guitar and stuff, he said, grab uh, Springsteen's Nebraska if you want a good Springsteen album. And so I pretty much memorized every song on that album, you know, and learned how to play on the guitar because it's pretty much three chord songs you know but great stuff and uh yeah so that was kind of my introduction to getting into music you know um but or wanting to do that and then i I would i would sit in my room at night and i'd play like the who bubble o'reilly and i and i would flip my lights on and off you know (laughs) to try and make like a light show but i would sing into the boom box Mm -hmm. and i would try and match that singer exactly you know and 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 try and be like just like that singer but there was there came a time when i mean growing up and in in the 80s it was hair bands you know and and in my high school it was white snake and it was motley Crue, and it was um def leopard yeah def leopard skid row all these people who sang really really high (laughs) yeah and i couldn't (laughs) sing that high So I was like, oh man, you know, this is, this, I don't know if this is going to be for me. I, I love this. I love the music. I just, I can't sing it, you know? And then John Mellencamp came out with Scarecrow mm-hmm. and that changed my world. Wow. It was like, this is rock and roll with an acoustic guitar in a a, a, a tone I can sing, you know, and, I can match this and, and not hurt my voice. And so... That was the vein that I started writing in then, was kind of that acoustic rock kind of thing. The Eagles, you know, they started that thing a long time ago. Um, But it was kind of brought forth to me more with John Mellencamp at the time. 
uh, with those songs that were coming out, you know, at the same time I was growing up and stuff. So. Yeah, and and, and 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 you were self-taught, obviously, on the guitar then. Yeah, right? Mel Bay. <laughs> wow, Mel, Mel Bay. Bay. Oh, I forgot about the Mel Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was I my totally mom's old book, that. yeah. I, I found it, and uh, we had a guitar. It was sitting, it was, it was funny. My brother got it out of a closet and, and put it on his bed, and I went and looked at it, and I grabbed it, and I put it in my room, and he didn't say anything about it. <laughs> And I just started doing it, you know. It was it was weird, but he never said, oh, yeah, "I want that guitar or nothing," yeah. you know. And he's he's a captain of an airline, you know, now and a yeah. pilot, and he did really good not being in music. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But we went. I mean, and then my second concert, which was really important to me, was Van Halen, 1984. Mm. That album was a great. Huge time in the summer for that. You oh, know. oh, nothing better. Yeah. probably. I mean, there was great stuff. Might as well jump, you know, just just good songs and stuff. So I got to see David Lee Roth, and I got to see the whole old Van Halen, yeah, um, you know, and just playing the really great songs off and Diver they were Down good and Van Halen One and Two, and you know, just great great songs, you know. So yeah, well, Van Halen, yeah, that's uh, that that's an identifier for a lot of people, right? Yeah. When you hear that music, you go, oh, and you start going back. Well, oh, that's yeah. the beauty of music. And I've heard you say it at shows, talking about the therapy part, which I may bring you up yeah. uh, as well. He is uh, G.B. Layton, Brian Layton, and, of course, well-known right here in the area. Dave here, it's great to have you with. I'm going to ask Brian about some of the people he's played with through the years as well. It's pretty impressive and how many albums he's done and what he's working on right now. So a lot of things going on with G.B. Layton. Tell you more in a minute. I do want to thank uh, Jeff and all the folks at Aquarius Home Services who have been doing a great job in making sure that everybody around here is staying cool with their air conditioning. That's what they do. They'll take care of your home. So maybe it's uh, the air conditioning. Maybe it's the furnace. I've had them uh, not only work on both through the, over two decades, but I've purchased from them as well. Now, the other thing they have, when I think about summer, I think about water and the water you're drinking. And it really, uh, you read maybe about lead and contaminants and stories on water every once in a while on the news, right? More than once in a while. They take all that stuff out of the water. I've had it for years. It's one of the smartest things I ever did. So I'd find out about AquariusHomeServices.com, the Connecticut water system. They'll come out and test your water for free. They'll come out and tune up the furnace, the air conditioner. So I would check them out on the website. Good people. I've known them for many, many years. Jeff and I remain really good friends. And I would not tell you to go there if I didn't do that very thing myself. And I thank them for being on the show. AquariusHomeServices.com. Bottom line, they're really good at what they do. Speaking of being good at what they do, GB Layton is with us. And Brian, uh, through the years you've had a chance to play, obviously you, you have your own shows and a huge following here and legendary here in the Midwest. But you've also gone on tour with some acts through the years. Yes. I, I've I've gotten to warm up for a lot of people. Um, Let me and, ask you about Huey Lewis and the News. And yeah, I went on tour with Huey Lewis and the News, and that was that was an incredible time. Um, <laughs> it was just we were just an acoustic act opening up in front of him, and we would try and plan uh, to know if they were staying in town at what hotel they were staying, and we would try and stay at that hotel. And there was just times like we were we bought pizzas i bought pizzas for my band after the show and at the bar in the hotel and all of a sudden huey lewis's band is all chowing on the pizzas you know and it's like ah come on and then you know huey at one time was standing in front of the uh the candy machine and and he looked at luke my guitar player and he says you got a dollar and he's like, we just 
made $250 and you made $60,000. It's like, come on, man, you know? But it was fun. It was great. Got to meet some great people because Huey knows a lot of people. And uh, that the the sportscaster, I can't remember, from ESPN um, with the... The he he does he does the the NFL thing, um, but I can't. Chris Berman, yes. Oh wow, yeah, they're good friends. And so he was backstage in Boston when we were there, and it was it was really fun, you know, to sit yeah. with him and meet him. And um, but it was great. Uh, you know, we we just try and we we try and hang out with them. They were great great guys. Uh, you know, uh, no egos. You know. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. really good to hear. And uh, you know. Huey, he, he was, he's got a story for everything, you know, oh, really? <laughs> but his, his schedule was basically, uh, wake up in the morning they had a tea time, whatever city they were in, <laughs> go golf, go back to the place they're going to play, uh, do a sound check, go to the hotel and sleep a little bit and eat, then come to the show and play your show. Uh, and then either travel that night to the next place or stay that night there and do, but it was golf every golf. day. And wow. I was like, wow, this, this, this is a good life, you know, like <laughs> yeah, this is no what kidding. I want to do, you know, tour and golf. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so it was fun though. It was, it was, it was a great experience, you know, and I got to go on the road with the Bodines, which is a great experience. Yeah. Uh, too, because they were a huge influence on me. They were that acoustic rock thing, yep, you know, yep. going on. And I've, I saw many shows with them. And uh, the one I remember at the, was the Naked Tour, and they were at First Avenue. And being the big uh, John Mellencamp fan that I was, I'm, I'm sitting in the second row with my cousins and stuff to watch the Bodines. And when they come out, it's Kenny Arnoff on the drums. And I'm like, that's Kenny Arnoff. And I'm like standing there <laughs> staring at Kenny on the drums because that's John Mellencamp's drummer. Yeah. You know? And uh, the Bodines, they were great. It was, it was an awesome concert or whatever. But I, I remember pointing at, at Kenny and he pointed at me with the <laughs> stick. And years later, uh, I got to hire Kenny for one of my albums. Oh my. To play on. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I got, I mean, just, I got to pick him up at the hotel every morning and drive him to the studio and I got to drive him back, you know, and we just would talk and it was just like incredible for me to, to sit and talk to this guy. I just know so many people played with so many people, you know, and, uh, he, he, uh, he played on, on my album and I told him that story about First Ave and he goes, I think I remember that. I go, no, you don't. I said, there's no way you remember that. Uh, come on, you know. But yeah, it was great, you know. Every every drummer I, I knew in town, I would I, I think I called and said, uh, you got to come down here to the studio yeah. if you want to meet Kenny, man, you know. Did it, you, do, do you have people do that too? too? You must have. Hey, remember when I saw you at uh, wherever I saw you and they went... You know, and say, hey, remember me? I was. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, O'Gara's 20 years ago. Do you remember? It was my birthday. I got on stage. Ah, oh, yeah. 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 I've only had, you know, 8,000 shows since then. Or How many are you doing a year now? I don't. Not as many. Not as you know? many. No, it's just, it's, it's a different business. But you were in the hundreds at one time, right? Oh, what, yeah, yeah. I was in the 200s. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a lot. But that's, that's when the bars were, you know. 
COVID destroyed a lot of our business, you know, and now I'm sorry to say it's tribute bands that are killing this town. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's sad. And there's so many talented people that are just have succumbed to I'm going to be this guy. And I don't. I just, I, I don't get it, you know? I, I I get playing covers. You can go out and play covers. I mean, every band does. That's fine. Play some covers. But when you go and say, I'm going to just be a tribute to this person, it makes me go like, well, Jerry Seinfeld never goes out, or some guy never goes out and goes, I'm going to do the best of Jerry Seinfeld, and I'm going to go on tour, you know? It's like, no. Every comedian writes their own crap, or they get a lot of shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all these great musicians should be writers. No, but if, if they can't, then maybe they should back up writers, you know, instead of backing up somebody or, or being a tribute to something. And then it's, it's taking everything away from the original bands that used to be around here. You know, I mean, there used to be a time when I could go to the caboose, to the whiskey junction, over to five corners, over to bunkers, to the fine line and see a, a different original band, you know, mm-hmm. on one night. I could go to all those places on one night and see an original band. And now it's it's few and far between because of downtown and the COVID thing. And and now it's it's like people don't wanna they don't have the attention span to learn a new song. They need to already know it, you know. And which is my latest song I wrote called Something Good because we were playing at Bogart's once and I had a girl come up to me and say, can you play something good? And I always was like, I got to write a song called something good. Wow. Yeah. But that's, but that's the but mentality. You keep rolling. If I don't know it, it's not good. That's the mentality right, now. Right. And so it, it's, it's hard because a lot of people are feeding into that and giving that to them when we should just be saying, no, this is my stuff. This is what I'm doing. Um, whether you like it or not, this is what I'm doing, you know. Is that a local thing or is that are you seeing that everywhere? The tribute. Well, thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I know Nashville is all pretty much co- cover songs wow. down on, Nashville. Wow. Yeah, on Broadway. That's all that is. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have original music down there. That's just you have to play stuff people know. Um except when I went down there, they let me play <laughs> what I wanted to, but <laughs> That's another story. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to harp on it or, or whatever, but I just, you know, it, it, it's just been a thing. And since COVID, it's just, it's been hard. Yeah. It, it's just a different, it's just a, it's a different scene. I'm lucky. I, I, I got on the back end of those singer-songwriter bands in town here. Yeah. I, I was right there at the at the end when it kind of, shut off and i was still kind of in there so you know yeah you established yourself pretty well yeah i did yeah and, and so i was lucky I, w- I was very lucky um but i tell you you know it's, it's, you you play with lamont cranston and and all of a sudden pat hayes comes up to you and goes hey brian and, and you're like oh my god that's, <laughs> yeah that's Gosh. one of the reasons I'm singing. When I was 15 at Riverfest, seeing Lamont Cranston, oh, the Lamont old Cranston. one, yeah. with Bruce McCabe and so Charlie, and yeah. yeah, and Doug Nelson on the on the bass, and man, the horn section. I mean, it was just like they were something else. Yes, yeah, and so 
one day to have him know my name. Ah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's isn't that cool? Crazy. Yeah. Well, you earned it, though. I mean, it is well, like you know, somebody you. came and gave it to you. I, you know, I don't know. People, people say that. I don't see it, you know? I, I don't... I don't see myself in the way that people perceive me. I I, I just don't. You're I, just doing it because it's fun. I do it because it's fun, but I don't think I've I've made myself even what I wanted to do in my life. I just it's just hasn't happened for me, you know. And and there's everybody's got their path. I, I've been very fortunate, very lucky, because in, in a way. I've always said, you know, I got to watch my kids grow up and still play music for a living. How about you know? that? And how many guys get to do that, you know? Yeah. So it was very, very cool and very important uh, for me to be a part of their life growing up, go to their their baseball games, their football games. You know, I didn't get to see all of them because they're Friday nights, you know? But right. I got to But uh, you were there. You do were there the part. next day. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, I had a van that was a great, a great van, tour van, you know, luxury for the band and stuff. And when the kid had a basketball tournament out of town that I couldn't go to because I had to play, I would let them the, let the coach take the van and, and the kids and they'd play PlayStation. So it was like I give oh. my little part to it at least. Oh you know? gosh, yeah, yeah so. kids are proud. Yeah, so I'm sure. Fun. Hang on, uh, Brian. Okay. I got some more to talk to you about, maybe, and the Stone Temple Pilots and some other things that we want to explore as well. He is GB Layton, Brian Layton, and uh, I'll ask him about what he's doing recording-wise here in just a few minutes as well, so stick around. Hey, if you're hoping to expand your business or do some repairs at home this, uh, this summer, I would say look no further than the bank we use here at talknorth.com. That's Starbank. Uh, turnaround time on loans with Starbank, second to none. There's no red tape, no monkey business. Once you apply for loans, submit your documentation away you go. And they earned their stripes through the years where they've grown up in the small towns here in Minnesota. That's where they began. Now, of course, they're right here in the metro, 10 locations throughout the state of Minnesota. They get it. They understand it. They actually answer their phone there when you call them. Uh, the home equity line of credit, you might be thinking about that. A home mortgage, a business loan, ag operating or equipment loan. That's kind of how they started in this banking business. But even loan for a camper or RV or maybe a van to take kids to the basketball game or the van to the next gig, but they do handle it all. So I would encourage you to get your loan needs at Star Bank. Star Bank is family owned and it's Minnesota based again. So find out more at Star Bank. There's a branch close to you. Stop by at your convenience. Go online at two. The loans are subject to a loan application approval. Starbank.net. They're a member FDIC and equal housing lender. Talking with Brian Layton, GB Layton, and uh, you'll be able to see them performing somewhere along the line. Uh, Recording-wise, Brian, what do you got cooking? Well, I'm I'm still writing uh, some stuff, uh, but it's it's kind of more. I think it's going to be more of a kind of. Uh, I, I want to try and do a live kind of feel with the band in an acoustic kind of setting in the studio. So I'm kind of writing songs for for that right now. But the only thing I've recorded was that something good song. Yeah. <laughs> so I like I had to record that right away because yeah. I, I, I was people like hear it and they're like that's a great song and any guy in a band goes oh my god that's <laughs> that yeah. is exactly what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, for an expression, you hit a chord there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to play a little bit for you just so you can kind of get the idea. Awesome. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you okay. kidding me? I like to stand in the front row with my back facing the band. That way all my fans have a good come to watch me dance. You see, I come every weekend and they come to see my show. So play me something that's good. Play me something I know. 
And then uh, the next verse is, uh, uh, hey, I can't remember there. But the, the chorus is, play me something that's good. Play me something I know. I get that this is your stage, but honey, this is my show. I mean, your drummer is cute, but your songs totally blow. So play me something that's good. Play me something I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There can't be a musician that doesn't go, yeah. Yeah. I love that song. Oh, yeah. Th 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 there's a, um, And they come on my show. I'm a pretty good musician too. I can help you if you want. Just hand me that tambourine and I'll show you how it goes. That's that's it, you know. Yeah. You got a tambourine? That's yeah. it. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, a studio should. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But a live band, no, should not. No. Know? Boy, that's great, Bob. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Now, uh, performing live, do you know what's going on on the schedule? Yeah, well, uh, tonight we Of course, are, you can go to the website, too. Yes, gblayton.com, Facebook, everything's gblayton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. Um, we are uh, at Parley Lake tonight, the winery. I, I, I don't know if it's sold out or not, but it only has room for so many. And then we're in Spooner. Um, for their big block party, we get to open up for uh, 38 Special hmm. and Blackhawk. So, oh my! Yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, you mentioned Skid Row. I, I've told the story before, but I ran into Skid Row at Matt's Matt's over in South Minneapolis. Oh really? Yeah, they, they, they wanted to come up and have a cheeseburger. Oh, at the sweet. Juicy Lucy. Sweet. Yeah, no Skid Row. I mean, they're they're just kind of walking in when we were walking and going, "Are you kidding me?" No, rock and roll bands that like everyone thinks they were like so scary or something. They're the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. The, the the 80s hairband guys they they partied they were like the party guys i mean they they had nothing against anybody every time you know yep uh but sebastian bach oh one of the greatest rock and roll singers ever yeah. i mean just that album was just unbelievable their first album skid row is just great yeah, they've sold a lot let me ask you about uh, stone temple pilots yeah. yeah i mean it's 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 kind of a bittersweet thing yeah, it is. Uh, we you were, were asked to what open for them. We were going to open for David Whelan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was uh, <laughs> the the day before the show, he committed, or he had his overdose and he mm. died in Minneapolis. And the we were supposed to open for him that night. And the bar called and said, you know, can you still do a show uh, we're just going to have something go on, you know? And I said, okay, you know, I'll come down and, and play. And we got to the bar and walked in and all his merchandise was there in, mm -hmm. in boxes. And it was just really strange to see like shirts and CDs and all that stuff with his picture on it, you know, right there in the bar. And so I was so looking forward to seeing him too, because he is one of the most, I think, watchable singers in the world you just can't take your eye off him you know the way he moves and what he does it was just amazing you know and he had a distinct voice but i wanted to see him so bad i wanted to just meet him and it's just a bummer you know that's interesting though because as a musician you had to come out and play uh, the night after 9 11 yeah not not easy you've had prince dies yeah you have to perform and, and i've heard you say on stage before in that in i think it was the prince show where you said um, this is really hard for us, but it's also therapy. 
Yeah. Right. So that, that those are got to be demanding shows for you. you. Go in there and everybody's sad. You're sad, particularly in the music side of it. But yet the show must go on. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and that's part of my job is mm-hmm. uh, to be an entertainer. You know, I. I have fun doing my job, but there's not days that it's work, yep. you know, like everything. And uh, you have to force that smile and you have to force that thing because those people, uh, they work the long day at work and they won't want to come to a bar and see some band that's pissed off about life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Go do my job for a day, you know. <laughs> yeah, I learned right. that early. You, you, just, you, don't, you don't compare what they do to what you do. And you just go out and try and make their night have make them have fun get them to sing get them to dance you know uh if they do they do if they don't they don't you know but as long as i give my effort yeah and it's it's night after night in your case i mean you really can't take a night off can you i mean from when when you're performing it's it's you know and it was weird because like when covid was going on kind of and we would get some shows here and there or whatever but uh if if somebody got sick you know, you, you, there was there was a show. I had COVID, and I'm sorry to say it was a fundraiser. It was a it was something that was planned for months. Now to call them the morning of the day that they planned this for months and say I can't come? Are you kidding me? They would be like, I'm gonna kill you. You know, so I have to go and kind of hide that I'm sick and don't touch anybody and whatever. You yeah. know, and I'm singing the set and before i can turn around at the at our break uh one of the guys that's doing the show grabbed my mic and started walking around talking with it and i'm like oh <laughs> oh no well <laughs> i mean what am i gonna do though yeah, i mean I, I can't cancel on them the day of that show they're yeah. pounding on me this yeah. is they're the entertainment for tonight is yeah. gb layton yeah. you know and it's big and they counted yeah. this for four months they've advertised it for four months they can't you know all of a sudden you cancel you can't yeah. you can't you know so yeah i play sick i play with the flu i play uh throwing up you know uh have a bucket somewhere or whatever just, be able to go off stage quick you know uh but yeah it's just, show's gotta go yeah show's gotta go on yeah. that's for sure if is there is there are there i want to ask you to pick out one but are there shows that you've done that stand out above the others the well when i'd had my house gig at bunkers every wednesday I, yeah i did i think 14 years of wednesday nights at bunkers and the time that those were in the in the prime of a uh, line down the street every Wednesday oh, yes, to, yes. to get in, yep. it, those were the funnest. And once in a while, you'd have days. Prince show up in the back, right? And he he'd... apparently, yeah, I, I don't never, know. I mean, well, he never told anybody. But yeah, his no. bodyguard Julius, who has since now moved to California, but Julius told me that he would be at bunkers with him watching guys like you. Oh, really? From the back, but no, he had a hat on, he had sunglasses on. Oh, yeah. I saw him walk into bunkers once when I was watching another band play, and in walks this beautiful African-American woman, and she is just gorgeous. And I'm like, wow. And then behind her is another beautiful, gorgeous woman. Oh, no, that's Prince. Holy crap. God, that guy is good looking. (laughs) Holy crap. He is great looking, you know? And they went and sat down and, you know, I, I, I'd be in the dumb shit. I should have said, Hey, I'm GB Layton. Can I meet Prince? You know, instead I said, I think I said to his bodyguard, Hey, I've been playing purple rain for a long time. I I think I need to 
uh, owe Prince some money. Can I talk to him? And he's like, uh, I think Prince is fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, shit. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. But oh well, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, it was it was amazing though. He was an amazing looking guy. I yeah. mean, just you saw a star, you know. Yeah. It's like the time I, I met Bruce Springsteen and you're standing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, you know Jim Brunzel, a friend of both of ours, and and he got me to backstage to meet Bruce, and he knows what inspiration Bruce was for me too. And uh, man, you know, reading every book about him and knowing all those albums, you know, when I was young and every word by heart and every magazine i mean i had a wall in my room of bruce springsteen everything you know and uh to all of a sudden be there two feet in front of him looking in his eyes is a really surreal surreal feeling it's like i i i want to compare it to if somebody probably if they met elvis it's like the same thing is like you're staring at a guy that you know every like you yeah. know his history kind of you know? and sometimes when that happens you're kind of uh you know, maybe your hero doesn't turn out quite as good as they are. So in this case, was he everything you imagined? Yeah, he was a great, great guy. And of course, I, you know, me and Luke, uh, my guitar player at the time, we we just kind of froze up. But what we do backstage is we look around and like, what does he have? Oh, he's got a jar of Jif and he's got <laughs> a loaf of bread. He's got an acoustic in a stand. Uh, you know, and if I was smart, I should have said, hey, Bruce, can I play something? <laughs> But I didn't. Yeah. No, I just yeah. froze up. And, oh, blah, sure. blah, 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 blah. and then, of course, <laughs> Jim Brunzel goes, hey, Bruce, this is Brian Lane. He's got one of the top bands in the middle. You know, and Bruce looks at me like, I've never heard of him, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. It was it was fun. It was great. Yes, Bruce, was. he was a great guy. But uh, it was just kind of like. One of a, those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Like he talks about trying to meet Elvis, jumping over the fence at Graceland. Right, and exactly. Security stops him and. Yeah, get the, right. yeah. I'm on Elvis. the cover of Newsweek, and yeah, that's that's great. So now get yourself out of here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, guitars. How many do you have? How many do you play? Um, I play like uh, three now. I, I yeah. I've Is gotten, there a favorite? I I have a black J two hundred that I got. I had a blonde J two hundred long time ago, and I wanted a black one, and I couldn't find one, and. Gibson will only make a certain color a year or something. And then the next year they do another color next year or whatever. And so they only make black so many times. So I was talking to um, Pete Alanov, who used to have Pete's guitars in St. Paul. And he passed away in a car accident. But when he was alive, he was kind of a big fan of, of GB Layton. But he was a guy that he had guitars everywhere and he would go backstage at the Stones and, you know, uh, George Harrison and all them and bring them, you know, $150,000 guitars and they would, you know, oh, I'll buy that one. I'll take that one, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he was that guy. But I said to him when he was at a show, I said, Pete, I want a black J200 if you can find one. I said, just get it. I'll buy it. You know, he said, oh, okay, I'll find you one. So like two weeks later, he came. And he had a black J200, brand new one. I was like, oh, wow, where'd you get this? He goes, oh, I called Pete Townsend's manager in England. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, hey, Pete had those six J200s for that tour. Is, is any of them still there? And he's like, oh, yeah, there's two still in the case we haven't touched. Send one of them back. <laughs> so he sent one from uh, Pete Townsend's house. So I tell everyone, this was Pete Townsend's. He probably never played it, but it was, it was his Pete at Townsend's. one time, yes. So that's like my favorite guitar. But otherwise, <laughs> other, my first my first guitar I bought was a Guild. Uh, and uh, it was when I was 15. It was my big 
first purchase. Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't buy the case because I didn't have enough money for the case. <laughs> so I just bought the guitar yeah. and it, it rode shotgun with me in the car, you know. But uh in do you buy it right here in the Twin Cities in Ice? Yeah, in Anoka at Joe's Music. That's and in one of my songs at one foot over, I say, wrap it up, Joe. Think I'll take it. And that's from that Joe's music, you know, that was my first guitar that I bought. And uh I still have it and I still use it and I love it, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like having your face first baseball glove if you love baseball. Yeah, right. First basketball right. you Well, I mean, you know, look at Willie Nelson and what he's played his whole life, you know, one guitar. You know, oh man, yeah. Got holes in it, you know. Yeah, you look like you need to go up there and repair it for Yeah, him, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that and that's uh, the other thing. You get to pretty good relationships with the guitar makers and the and the music shops i would assume when you have a uh, well i have a, a shop in town that i that i use mm-hmm. uh uh st st paul guitars and uh great guys and i've always used them and they've made me a couple um custom guitars uh, at one time i was playing uh a guitar that i would have two inputs on it one acoustic and one electric so i could run it through two different things and i could start a song acoustically and as the chorus comes i can roll in the electric so now with the guitar player and me we have three guitars kind of two are doing the same thing but there's three sounds going on you know so it was kind of fun but now i got another guitar player so i'm just playing acoustic which is a lot easier for me and i don't have to <laughs> like do anything so yeah i'm just kind of playing acoustic now which is great he's brian layton gb layton joining us here on the show today a thrill to have him here obviously and it's uh my first concert we call the show dave here davide is here producing it again hey we want to thank our friends over at propane.com for making this show possible I'm not sure there's any place on the planet you can go where people won't, won't talk about we need to lower our carbon footprint. I mean, that's in the news every day. We're all well aware of it. The thing is, how do we do that and still be reliable and affordable with our energy? Well, a diverse energy mix provides that reliability and affordability, which is extremely important here in Minnesota with our four distinct seasons and then some. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today, and that's why I love telling you about propane. It can work alongside other energy sources as well. And you can learn a lot more on propane.com. It's really interesting. Just a quick nugget, but propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Hey, think about that for a few minutes, and you're thinking, wow, I did not know that about propane. A lot of people don't, but propane is energy stored on site, independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid, by the way. And the benefits don't end there. Major advances being made today as we speak for renewable propane, and it's compatible with traditional propane. And by the way, it requires no additional infrastructure investments, which is a significant uh, deal. Now, Minnesota tends to uh, use all our carbon alternatives, but the one we need to think about a lot is propane to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and, yep, affordability, too. Propane is the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. G.B. Layton, our guest today, well, Brian Layton, the band is G.B. Layton. You can check out their website, see where they're at. Uh, Well-known, obviously, in this area, well-followed, great loyal uh, uh, followers and uh, loyal uh, just fans of the band. But, uh, Brian, i got to ask you, if you put together, let's say, three bands or three performers that you would set up the concert, wherever it be, outdoor here at the XL Energy Center, maybe you're going to be doing it outdoors, but it's a concert that Brian Layton is in charge of. Who are the three acts you would have on stage? Ooh. 
That's a tough one. Yeah, that is. Um, who haven't I seen that I want to see? Um, probably Bob Dylan. I would want to see Bob Dylan. I haven't seen him. Yeah. Um, and probably uh, I would put the old Lamont Cranston back together for. A wow, night. wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that would be awesome. And um, Tom Petty. I'd like to see him again. It was one of my favorite concerts I ever saw. It was the Southern Accents tour. Most, this is the greatest tour. Yeah. Just great songs, you know, that don't come around here no more. Oh. And yeah. Just Southern Accents, that song. And, uh, Rebels. Oh, just great stuff. And that tour was, again, like right in the middle of where he was kind of old Tom Petty and young Tom Petty, but still had those young Tom Petty songs that just were every sing-along, you know? Just yeah. everybody knew them. And, yeah, you hear yeah. a Petty, you hear a petty uh, a riff and you're going, everybody's yeah. up standing and, oh, yeah. and cheering. So what is it about Dylan that you, that you, that you like? It's, it, it's his songwriting. Yeah. Yeah, his lyrics, you know. Um, I've, just, I've just started really getting into listening to a lot of, you know, I know I knew a lot of his stuff, but not a lot of his obscure stuff. And so uh-huh. just been listening to that and just, um, yeah, his words are fascinating to me, you know. Uh, and when you think the song has come to an end, it still goes, you know, we got three more verses or something, you know. But uh, we had a friend of mine on the show who had a band, they filled in for Buddy Holly when Buddy Holly oh. didn't make it to Moorhead, and he and Bobby V were two of the acts, I think Del Shannon and sure, and uh, some others. But at one time in his band, he had a young man from Hibbing whose name was Elston Gunn, and that was Bob Dylan. Oh, really? In Fargo. Really? Yeah, hung around Fargo for a few weeks and apparently then came to Minneapolis. Next thing he knows, he's... Bob Dylan. Oh wow! But isn't that something? Yeah. Elston Gunn was. Wow. A, I, I think Gunn. I got the name right. I, I anybody can look it up online and yeah. see. But like, huh, crazy. That's stuff. interesting. Yeah, Dylan's so influential and powerful and so quiet. I, I, I've seen him, and he just he doesn't talk during a concert. So when you when you were first doing the concert thing, when you were first becoming a performer, and it's a big deal for you because we come to see an entertainer, and and you get it. How. How how did you refine what you did on stage, or how did you do? Did you how did you know when to I should talk, or if I should just keep playing, or or how did you figure that all out? I <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, it takes a uh, it, it it like I said, it takes a lot like for people to go. Uh, Brian, people are interested in what you say, and I, I just I, I find that weird, you know. Yeah. But now I do. It's really true, though. It, 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 yeah. it, and I find like there's this there's one show I do kind of monthly uh, in Excelsior at the 318, and it holds like 50 people or whatever, and we sell it out every time. But it's just me alone, and I get to talk about songs or how I wrote it or whatever, and and, and it sells out every time. People love it, you know. They they love that part of it, and so I get that. So I have I do it sometimes, but you know, I've done it sometimes too. When you get just play something, <laughs> you know, from an audience. So you, you got to understand, like, not everybody's here to see, G, you know, they're just here for entertainment. You know, yeah. they don't know who the hell I am yeah. or nothing. So that's, you know, that's, I, I remember opening for Johnny Lang and I was going to play a Bruce Springsteen song. And I think we were in, uh, we were, I think Sweden. No, we were in Iceland and, uh, 
Was it? Yeah. No, not Iceland. It was uh, no- Norway. Yeah, Norway. No. Yeah, I don't know. One of those. Scandinavian. The Scandinavian. <laughs> anyway, I, I said, hey, you guys like Bruce Springsteen? And it was a quiet audience, you know? And I hear, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you're going to hear it anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for honesty, I guess. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. 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 Wow. So you've played some, venue-wise, you've played some really... Interesting venues, some yeah. great venues. Some, yes. I'm sure that were maybe never, not so never great. a civic center or anything like that, but like really cool theaters, yeah. You know? Um, and like all the pretty much all the House of Blues you can play, I think. And you know, I've played, and there's those are great stages and great clubs. Um, but yeah, I, I like the the theater shows are great. Uh, because it's a listening audience, and I know that they came to see me. And so that's where I can talk more is, yeah. you know, during that. So live at a bar, I kind of try and keep it just kind of mellow and mm-hmm. say something, maybe try and be funny. But most of the stuff, if I say that's funny, someone in my band said it and didn't say it in the mic. So I just say it in the <laughs> mic, and I get credit for it. Why you know? not? Yeah. But, yeah, no. But, my, I, you know, I've always just had great great musicians behind me and great guys and it's just always my my band has always been a family and there's like nobody that's out of my band that uh, i don't have respect and love for you know that uh if they left on their own i i think i've only gotten uh rid of two players in my life you know I'm, wow yeah uh, otherwise it's them leaving and going to do something else and i always encouraging them yeah do it you yeah. know Nobody stopped me. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. You know? Makes coming to work a lot easier, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You want to see these guys. Yeah. Is it fun when you play with, like, a, a Martin Zeller or when you collaborate and do a little show with guys like that? Yeah, for sure. Martin, yeah, yeah they're Gear Daddies. Another big influence on me. You know, I knew I knew all their songs. And, again, now Martin and I, you know, we know each other, and it's just it's strange. But it's great. Yeah. Uh, but I love playing with Martin. And his drummer and his guitar player right now are used to be in my band. So Scott oh. Wenham, his drummer, and Luke Kramer, his guitar player, were in GB Layton. So love those guys, you know. And Nick, his bass player, has always been with him. So, yeah, it's those four. So it's great. I love playing with those guys. Yeah, well, it shows. I mean, it. you know, you've had great success, and there's a lot, long way to go yet. Uh, and a lot of songwriting. I, yeah, I, definitely. I, you know, are you, are you are you writing as proficiently as you did? Uh, no, um, no. The the, the it's kind of like the you the got a urgency. pretty good catalog behind you, though. Yeah, I do. I yeah. mean, yeah, I've recorded over a hundred and twenty songs, I think. Or how something. many albums? I think nine studio albums, yeah. and with live, I think I have fourteen albums. Wow! And some of the live have songs that weren't on. You know, the re- the album, the studio albums, you know. So, but anyway, back to the writing. You so it's it's. I'm not I'm not as in an urgency like I was when you know had to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep competing, keep competing. It's more now like uh, uh, had these ideas in this notebook that I just found years ago, and okay, let's see what I can do with this, you know, yeah. or turn this around now. What I know now about songwriting and what I didn't know then, and see what I can do, you know? Gosh, I didn't ask you this, but, uh, you know, you had to, uh, and uh, I, I remember seeing you during the time a little bit, uh, that you had to battle cancer. 
Yeah. And you had to three get three times. <laughs> yeah, and you had to get through that and and yeah. uh, you were I able... couldn't stop playing. I had to play. Yeah, I, that I, was amazing to me. I had to sit though. I I, I couldn't stand. Yeah. I, my legs wouldn't hold me and it was just a weird feeling. But you kept your attitude up. I mean, that it had to be a challenge, didn't Man, it? Man, it's it's you know, I I I did every show except uh, out of town stuff. I, I and there was only one out of town show I did, and that was in Okaboji, Iowa. And because of the bar and the people that own it, and I love them, and they're great. And to this day, they have a plaque sitting on their wall that says the date, November something. Uh, he could have canceled, but he showed up. Anyway. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah, and they have that on the wall, and that means something to me. That yeah, they, that meant something to them that I was going through this cancer stuff, and they. Are very for uh, very thankful that I came, you know. Then they showed it. Yeah, know? what great recognition. Yeah, it's very cool. Very Man. cool. I mean, I've, I've had some great stuff, re- recognition stuff. You know, I mean, like Acapulco. It, people don't know that that my song Acapulco Nights was a hit down in Acapulco. Like it was before every spring break concert in every huge club down there. They would start with Acapulco Night, and all the kids knew that song. And there's still people that come. To my shows, they go, I saw you first in Acapulco, Yaki <laughs> Rossi tours, you know, and it's just great, you know. But it's a lot of stuff people don't get. I was in the Hard Rock Cafe. They inducted me into the Hard Rock Cafe. They had the gold plate that said G.B. Layton, a guitar signed by my me and my band. And we had uh, an album of G.B. Layton, uh, Acapulco wow. Night. Yeah, and they put it on the wall. I was in... Hard Rock. God, how great is that? Yeah. Did a press conference down there oh, with, with a tons of news people, you know, and having a translator. And, yeah. you know, it was it was weird, you know, because yeah. they're asking me stuff. It was like during the war, Iraq war and stuff. Like, oh, boy. Yeah. Or Kuwait or whatever. And they were asking me what I thought. And I'm like, oh, come yeah. on. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a singer. I'm not Bob Dylan. I could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where you'd get a lot of feedback. That's for sure. Yeah. In fact, I heard you doing... Oh gosh, why can't I think of the title of it now? It was kind of it was a reggae song, which I loved. It had a reggae feel that I wrote. Yeah, you yeah, wrote it's it. called um, uh, "I'll I See You." Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks, awesome. Just love, but that was a little different beast for you too, wasn't it? Going to the to the reggae or not? Yeah, really? but see, that's that's something that I've always kind of like. People say, what kind of music are you, you know? And I usually say Heartland Rock, you know, like Tom Petty or John Mellencamp, something like that, you know? And they go, okay, cool. But for me, like, I love every style of music, you know? Yeah. And I've written every style because I like every style. And, and, and Elvis, he had country albums. He had blues albums. Yeah. He had rock albums. He had gospel albums. He had, nobody's classified Elvis, you know? Right. And so I'm saying, hey, I'm the same way. I like reggae uh i don't you know necessarily like an album of reggae yeah, you know yeah, right uh but i i like it and i wrote a song kind of reggae-ish just you know for fun you know and and uh you know sometimes it's fun you know singing live too and you're doing a bob marley or something you know and you get to sing like uh, don't worry about a thing <laughs> Every little thing is going to be all right. You know, that's fun Yeah, oh, <laughs> to God. try and do it, a Jamaican accent. And did, but did you? The in, whitest guy in the world. In, the, in, the, <laughs> in this variety of music that you like and enjoy, 
I'm going to go back now to when your folks took you to see Lawrence Welk and they grew up with the polkas there in the Northeast. Did you did you ever perform a polka anywhere? No, but I was asked <laughs> by all my old relatives. Oh, I'll bet. You know a polka. But I know how to dance a polka. Well, there that's but, yeah. a, that's that's a key at a wedding dance yeah. back when I grew up. But I didn't get into the accordion, you know, or yeah. anything like that, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, I really appreciate your time. I know you're performing tonight. You've got a uh, a busy schedule as always, and yeah. there's a million things going on. But man, congrats on everything you've done. Oh, lot, thank and, you, and much to go, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's an honor for to meet you and to be here with you in the studio. And uh, thank you very much. I yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, thanks. well, we'll we'll be out in the audience, and maybe we'll, we'll yell something at one time. Please, yes, <laughs> get on stage <laughs> and sing with me. Good. You got to <laughs> get on stage and sing. That's what that's you know. I've had I've had so many baseball players, hockey players come on stage and, and sing with me and stuff. Molitor and uh, oh Molly Coomer and Molly yeah. is so shy. I just saw him. He's so shy. I know. And you got him to sing on stage. Oh yeah, oh, I'm gonna ask him, about him that. and Coomer would come up. And Coom sing. came together. Yeah, and they would I sing just, Bruce Coom's with been me on the show. I had a friend who was a big baseball <laughs> player. That's what we would sing. And they'd sing with you. Yeah, glory days. Yeah, they not to offend anyone. How were they? Ooh, I think Mike turned them down. Okay, I think, but you they know. Were... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't hear them, you know. But yeah. uh, it was just fun to have them there. Oh you know? God! Well, Molly, one of the best third basemen in the history of the game. Really. Yeah, really. I think when you think about it, they brought they brought Joe Bauer out. Uh, one night. Oh no way, Joe sang no right. No, would not. Oh, he's he so was, he quiet. was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was, but <laughs> here's one of the greatest stories about G.B. Layton again, because you know I was the only probably the only band that Joe Maurer probably saw right, mm-hmm. and he comes out with an article in the Minneapolis St. Paul magazine the next week and they ask him who his favorite local band is and he says G.B. Layton because <laughs> it's the only name I'm sure he knows. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. I got that, you know. I got that oh, magazine okay. going. Joe's know? pretty honest, I think. Yeah, yeah he, no, it's great that's, though. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't, uh, I'll ask uh, Ronnie and Paul about that. I can't wait yeah. to find out about when they went up on stage because oh, yeah. I can see Coom doing it. Oh, yeah. But Coom. Paul is so re- reserved. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think you might have had a couple in them back then, you know, uh, with with Coomer going out, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was the end of the night, you know, kind of thing. So. Coom told a great story about when Springsteen they were at spring training, and him and Molly, and they he they uh, left spring training one day, whatever time they the game was over, and went to Miami or wherever you know they're over in Fort Myers. I think it was in Miami or maybe up in Tampa, and he and Molly and somebody else went up there and they didn't think anybody knew until they got back the next day and it was either TK or Gardy was well aware and he made him work a little harder. Oh yeah. <laughs> you probably know that story. I don't yeah. I don't know. They those I, I Coomer he's he's had some private parties at his house and he's hired me, you know, to come play acoustic yeah. and stuff and he always has uh Hoyt's, uh, you know. Oh, JD, yeah, JD yeah. Hoyt's always Pat there doing the food. So Pat, I gotta yeah, play what a great those guy. parties just for the food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I tell Coomer I just come in for the food. Yeah. No, yeah, that's them. a great nugget. I didn't. I wish I'd been there that night to have seen that. I yeah. think. I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was cool. I mean, and, yeah. and, and people are you know go wow, you know, and, and it's like yeah, I, I don't. Know. They came and saw me first. I don't yeah. know, you know. I, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. Well, Brian, many stories. Uh, I'm sure we didn't touch on at all, but uh, but it's great yeah. having you on. Uh, well, thanks. On the podcast. It, it, it helps me remember some stuff too. So yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about music, though. Even if you're, I mean, musicians particularly, but if you're not a musician, and folks like us go out to see somebody like you, we remember pretty much everything about it: who we were with, the car we went in, who sure. we saw. 
and what the night was like. Sure, like I do the concerts I've seen. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I don't remember, yeah, mine, no. I, I mean, I wake up the next day and go, where the hell was I last night? <laughs> I'm, seriously, it takes yeah, me like five sure. minutes to go, oh, that's right, okay. Because I, I'm like, it's just kind of, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, it's what you do. It's what I do. And I love it. I love it, but. And I'm going to do it a lot, a lot more years as long as I can. You know, I mean, basically, I, I don't have a retirement package yeah. right now. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. keep working, you know. Yeah, so, and the voice is still good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I keep doing it, you know. Uh, and someday, uh, when I retire uh, down in Acapulco, Mexico, yeah, I will say I'm playing this month in Acapulco three times a week. If you want to come see me, here's where I'll be. And if they come down, I'll give them a nice tour of Acapulco and hang out with them, and they can come see me play, but that's where I'll be. That's a great game plan. Yes. That's better than most. (laughs) He is Brian Layton and uh, GB Layton Band. Go to their website. uh, Go to them on Facebook, wherever you do your social media. On this podcast, you can go to Apple, Spotify, TalkNorth.com and download it, subscribe to it. It's easier that way. But some super guests. Brian's another example of that. Davide is here producing the whole thing, and... We appreciate him putting everything together. Davide, by the way, is a professional music engineer, I would say. And so he's mixed a lot of music. And then he lowered himself to do this podcast. So I really appreciate that. He's a producer. He is a producer. Yes. Our thanks for joining us here. Our thanks to uh, the folks at AquariusHomeServices.com and from the AquariusHomeServices.com studios. Also for the folks at Propane. And go to Propane.com and learn a lot more about what's happening there. It's fascinating. Also by Star Bank. And you can check them out as well. And, of course, as I mentioned, there are bank here at TalkNorth.com. So check out Star Bank. Dot net when you get a chance and of course our good friends and your friends at you care dave lee here i'll see you next week on my first concert